This poem shall speak of the wretched sea that washed ships to these shores, of mothers crying for their young, swallowed up by the sea. This poem shall say nothing new. This poem shall speak of time, time unlimited, time undefined. This poem shall call names, names like Lumumba, Kenyatta, Nkuma, Hannibal, Atherton, Malcolm, Garvey, Haile Selassie. This poem is vexed about apartheid, racism, fascism, the Ku Klux Klan, riots in Brixton, Atlanta, Jim Jones. This poem is revolting against first world, second world, third world, division, man-made decision. This poem is like all the rest. This poem will not be amongst great literary works, will not be recited by poetry enthusiasts. It will not be quoted by politicians or men of religions. This poem is knives, bombs, guns, blood, fire, blazing for freedom. Yes, this poem is a drum. Ashanti, Ma Ma, Hibo, Yoruba, Nayabingi warriors, Yohuro, Yohuro, Namibia, Yohuro, Yohuro Sweto, Yohuro Africa. This poem will not change things. This poem needs to be changed. This poem is a rebirth of a people, arising, awakening, understanding. This poem speaks, is speaking, have spoken. This poem shall continue even when poets have stopped writing. This poem shall survive you, me. It shall linger in history, in your mind, in time, forever. This poem is time, only time will tell. This poem is still not written. This poem has no point. This poem is just a part of the story. His story, her story, our story. The story is still untold. This poem is now ringing, talking, irritating, making you want to stop it. But this poem will not stop. This poem is long, cannot be short. This poem cannot be tamed, cannot be blamed. The story is still not told about this poem. This poem is old, new. This poem was copied from the Bible, your prayer book, Playboy magazines, the New York Times, Reader's Digest, the CIA files, the KGB files. This poem is no secret. This poem shall be called boring, stupid, senseless. This poem is watching you trying to make sense from this poem. This poem is messing up your brains, making you want to stop listening to this poem. But you shall not stop listening this poem. You need to know what will be said next in this poem. This poem shall disappoint you because this poem is to be continued in your mind. 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 Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Mutabaruka, deaf poet, this poem, this poem, a request by our guest, uh, Raza Daudau Haranamuba, who's a Rastafarian United Front president, Rastafarian United Front, is a, a civil, cultural and faith rights organization of Rastafari. Let's uh, have this conversation, A-teamers. We're talking um, Sangomas and the African traditional religion in South Africa or in the Southern African context, the interfaith movement. Let's welcome our guest, Raz Dao Dao. Thank you very much for joining us. Always such a pleasure having you on the Late Night Conversation, Raz. Uh, thank you so much, my beloved Queen and the listeners of SAFM. Thank you so much for uh, affording us this opportunity to talk to you. What is the, the reasoning behind requesting Mutabaruka's poem, this poem, to be played before our interview? Well, Mutabaruka is um, is a one Rastafari elder 
who is grounded in African spirituality. You know, um, one of the misfortunes of Rastafari as an African liberation movement developing in the Western Hemisphere is that is that it brought or carried with it the burdens of neocolonialism or Judeo-Christianity. So Mutabaruka is one of the few pioneers and elders like us who are in the process of decolonizing Rastafari, uh, bringing African spirituality central to Rastafari, but also to the African people. So we found that Mutabaruka will be relevant in production to this conversation. Now, very interesting. You're saying there's a movement that you're part of, of decolonizing Rastafari. Um, explain to us, because when we think of Rastafari, we think it's very grounded, it's within African roots. Where is this coloniality coming from? Well, the colonial aspect of it is coming from the Bible. Because the Bible is not African. No matter how much many scholars have tried to paint it black, there's a whole lot of things that are not in line with African spirituality. For one, a tired God who need to rest and have a Sabbath. It's not an African concept of uh, of God. Africans don't think of a God as a one who gets tired and needs to rest and keep the Sabbath. But also, if we are going to talk about the 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 the, the Rastafari movement, is that Rastafari is a response to colonialism and slavery. And therefore, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam should be perceived by the African consciousness the same way as Nazism is perceived by the Jewish consciousness. We have, over the years, taken our own genocide. It was through Christianity and the Bible that we get so much deculturized. You get so many Africans who have turned against their ancestors. There's so many Africans who have turned against their own African culture. Now, because Rastafari is the name of the Emperor Haile Selassie, who was the last emperor of Ethiopia and uh, the 225th king of the Solomonic dynasty, and to a great extent subscribed to the Christian religion politically, but most Rasta tried to take his relationship with the Christian religion religiously, not politically, because as a as a head of state, he will say, as a king, uh, he will say, yes, I am a Christian, but as a king, I am equally a Christian, a Muslim, and a Piagan. Now, Piagan in this instance is referring to African traditional religions practiced in Ethiopia. The Muslims and the Christians of Ethiopia have a tendency of referring to these indigenous religions as Piagan. So he identify also with that. But we know that in a true religious sense, you can't be a Christian and a Muslim at the same time. It is heretism. You can't be a Muslim and a Piagan at the same time, and you can't be a Christian and a Muslim at the same time. What he's basically saying is that I'm all of that and I'm none of that. So this is the aspect we are bringing that the first you must remember, this is a Pan-Africanist icon, the founder of the Organization of African Unity, the men who let us know that Africans are in bondage because they approach spirituality through religion that was brought by foreigners, conquerors, and invaders. And then he let us understand that there's a huge difference between religion and spirituality. And then they went on to define religion as a set of rules, regulations, and rituals created by humans. 
and then he explained to us that spirituality is a network that links us to one another. Now, that itself defines Ubuntu. Because Ubuntu say, I am because you are, therefore we are. So it's all about the interconnectedness of all of us. And that is a fundamental African spirituality in terms of spirit. Now, Raz, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you've painted this concept for us, especially when it comes to Rastafari. But let's come now to Ubungoma. It's become such, uh, many would say, um, a fashion, a trend. A lot of young people, even elderly people, are going back to their African roots. They are becoming Izangoma. They are becoming Izinyanga, um, traditional healers. But then my question will come back to say, and most of them, will go hand in hand and say we are Christians. Where does the synergy lie? Is there synergy? Because when you are saying that Rastafari is uh, currently undergoing decolonization from the Bible and the Western way of, of, of um, connecting spiritually, is then uh, do we not then need to also take the African uh, spirituality to the same level or is it okay? Is there an interception um, between the two? No, definitely. I mean, that is the very reason why we have this conversation, more especially also based on the post that I put there or, or on social media, a couple of posts that I usually put, which I'm kind of like seized with double responsibility. One aspect is to decolonize Rastafari. The other aspect is to decolonize the new age concept of African spirituality where people are saying they are Sangoma but at the same time they are Christians. You can't be the contradiction. Um where people they are mixing up the whole thing. But we need to understand that the the idea of a Sangoma being a Christian comes from the, our oppressive past where people have a calling and they had to hide it under the cloak of Christianity and get into the churches and claim to be prophets. We don't have prophets in Africa. We have Dinaka, we have Sangoma, we have Shaman, we have Sanusi, we have Abalos, but we don't have prophets because we don't have a concept of spirituality that is based on a book. All African spirituality, they don't define themselves through a book. Now, the idea of using the Bible as a final judge of all African cultures, it comes from our colonial past, where we were made to feel ashamed of our Africanness, the only way we can express it is to hide it under Christianity. That is what you are getting, this modern uh, contradiction of Sangomas who are Christian. So this is a residue or a remnant of uh, our colonial past where we had to hide our things. But uh, the first president of uh, Democratic South Africa, Nelson Mandela, uh, when he then instituted uh, the interfaith movement in South Africa, he made a very specific reference to African spirituality that uh, African spirituality shall no more be considered to be a, 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 a peer gun or less of a spiritual expression, is an authentic. That is why in our interfaith movement we we have Christians, Muslims, Rastafari, Baha'i, Sangomas, all together praying together. Although, mm-hmm. although, the, although the mistake that has been made is using the Sangoma as the ultimate representation of African spirituality, it is not true. 
We'll get yeah. into that. Uh, Raz, we'll get into that. Let me uh, remind our A-teamers that it's an open line. Please do interact with us with regards to this uh, conversation. We're talking African spirituality and um, it being decolonized, Bungoma, Rastafari. Um, and uh, is it possible for us to be interfaith? 011-714-2006. Uh, please do call in if you've got comments or questions or send uh, voice notes and messages via WhatsApp on 614 SMS is go to 41391. I see an ATM is saying all is one. Utingo wenko sazana. All right. Um, we'll hear more from you, ATM. It's a very interesting one. Now, Raz, um, you were about to talk about the fact that Ubungoma is not the epitome of African spirituality. It has never been, according to what I understand, but I'd love you to elaborate more. Ubungoma is, a, is one of the specialized. Um, uh, activity or specialized profession within African spirituality, um, which will then, as, as you will know, also Obungoma then, they also differ. Like among the Basutu people, we don't have even the concept Sangoma, it's a Nguni thing. We have Dingaka, and then Dingaka will have Nguaka Chicha, Nguaka Kiaheta, Nguaka Kiaheta. And then among the Nguni, then you will have the first stage, which is Ituasa, which is what they call initiate and then, then Itwasa will all go on to become Isangoma, which means that one who invoke the spirit through the drums, or Ingoma, Isangoma. And then you have Abalozi, then you will have Isinyanga, and then you will have Isanusi. You know, one of the few Sanusis we had was Ubaba Kredo Mutwa, uh, Ubaba Sosobala, those were Sanusis of this country, which is like the highest level of Ubungoma. But this is one aspect, a specialized aspect of African spirituality. You still have also those who will chant the rainmakers. Those who will also do it by way of this are like a the, the, the shouters of the heaven, those who speaks to the cosmos, who are not necessarily a Nyanga, a Sangoma, uh, a Sanusi, so which are basically among Mapala, another spiritual specialized group who are not eating certain things, who are not uh, doing certain particular things. So these are different specialized practices within the African cosmology. Now, the problem that is happened in South Africa is then when they use this specialized group, which is called the Sango Mardinaka, as the epitome of African spirituality and the representative of African spirituality. I have colleagues like Professor Sehote Mohwachane and, and Mama Nokuzolon, then the of Tamaku Institute. These are advocates of African traditional religions. They even put it into legislation. They were working with government in 1997-96 or along that line, developing this aspect of the ATR, the African traditional religion. But these are not people who profess to be sangomas or healers or what, but these are people who are professing to be representative or, or, or practitioners of African spirituality. So the new South Africa, with its classification of African spirituality, has done great disservice to African spirituality by reducing it to one specialized aspect of it, which is uh, Bungoma. But uh, it is broader than that.
And 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 not only doing injustice by specializing in one or uplifting one, I feel it has also opened it up to a lot of corruption, um, if I may so use the word, because you look on social media, there's very distasteful things that are being raised around the name Ubungoma that I highly doubt come from African spirituality or even Christianity. However, this is what we are being fed currently. I'm going to a voice note here, uh, Raz, and uh, let's just hear it and hopefully you'll be able to respond. Hi, Patricia. What a nice show again. No, I really support the Rasta man. He's a real uh, natural man who can uh, uh, disclose things that, that are even uh, hidden from the sucklings. So we blacks, we are mostly brainwashed. Everything white is angel. That is why there is a song that uh, uh, so those are the songs that brainwashed us so keep it up Rastaman to teach us Petrus Lumumba, Kwame Nkrumah, Malcolm X, Louis Farrakhan, Martin Luther King were killed for that kind of idea it's only Farrakhan who is still firing in America currently so African spirituality should always rule and be independent so our forefathers have been there without Christianity survived uh, take care of the children and so forth. Submission, WPRM Zilimpop. Raz, please, uh, do respond to what the A-Tima has sent in the voice note. Uh, thank you so much uh, for for the compliment and the comments and addition into what we are talking about. Uh, it is true, you know, wherever black people are, whether in America, uh, in Europe, in Africa, in the Caribbean, there is a rise in this African spirituality. We, this was systematically oppressed by colonialism and slavery. During slavery, you are not allowed to play drums. You have many have seen with roots. Kunta Kinte was forced to change his name to a European name. Here in South Africa, most of us had to have an English name, which they called Christian name during apartheid. Oh, holy church, I have to become Nelson Mandela. You know, because uh, uh, one couldn't pronounce the name, but uh, they have to name you in order to control you. But now, in African spirituality, uh, the soul, our soul, the soul has got nine components. And one of the nine components of the soul is your name. That is why there is a saying that Lina Nebik is wrong. So the name is part of your soul. A soul without a name doesn't exist. Uh, we'll have a uh, rituals, they say, so he must be named properly. You have to be named properly. That's why in our African traditions, we have a name-giving ceremonies. So the name is part of our uh, component of the soul. Uh, the shadow, Muriti, the concrete personality, this physical being you touch, the, the abstract personality, this person you see through in the mirror, the astral personality, this person who travels in the dreams, you are sleeping, but you are dreaming, you are in Cape Town, they are chasing you. I come, I wake you up, you take time to wake up because the person who is in Cape Town must come back to the body, and then, then you wake up. So these are the nine components of our soul. So the name is very important, and, and, and which is uh, why then we are going through these processes. People, when they get into their African spirituality, they also change their name. They also adapt into this uh, idea that we are... Uh, um, of we're going back into 
it's a natural, it's an evolutionary process in our spiritual development that uh, we are oppressed for many times. But the power of African spirituality is that however long it gets oppressed or suppressed, it will rise. And this is that time. In the political field, they talk about is African Renaissance or African Cultural Revolution, and that's what we are saying. And then in different aspects, you, you have the Kemetic people who are into the Ankh, ancient Kemet, Egypt. So we are, it is that period of reclaiming our African spirituality, but it does not come without fault. For a couple of days, I've been sitting and thinking and talking to my empress and say, Yazi Satula as a country, when Ugogoma Weni is busy misrepresenting Ugongoma on social media and talking about Ugutagati mistreated or that if you are man is having another woman, is allowed come to me, Zomtagata, and all of that. Mm. Now, we have allowed something that even during apartheid wasn't allowed because witchcraft is a crime, but also witchcraft is a misrepresentation of our African spirituality True. and is a misrepresentation of African traditional healing. Uh, I know my mother is a traditional healer. I know from home that a, 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 a healer is not necessarily umtagati. But a healer will know about Ubutagati in order to heal somebody at Tagatiwe, so somebody who's bewitched. You, you have to know about that, but your first and primary uh, 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 profession is not witchcraft. And that is why we found it derogatory when the apartheid regime used to refer to our traditional healers as witch doctors. Mm. Raz, but, can you hold it there quickly because of time? I've got an anonymous who's eager to join in on the conversation before we go to the news. ATM Anonymous, good evening. All right, Anonymous has just uh, dropped. Um, Raz, as we wrap up, yeah, where to from here, especially when it comes to the South African interfaith movement? Well, the South African interfaith movement need to properly contextualize and locate the African spirituality in its right context. Because what they have currently uh, they are currently doing, they are doing a great disservice and great misrepresentation of African spirituality as Obongo. But also the South African society must understand that not everybody who has a communication with ancestors is supposed to add to us. Because now people are going through bogus initiation school. I know a lot of people, my sister-in-law among others, uh, who went and bought twice and paid 25,000 rand? They come back, they can't even throw bones. They have to now come again. My mother teach some of them how to throw bones, how to read bone oracles, and all of these things. So now, as much as we are trying to fashionize uh, African spirituality, Nobongoma, but also there are bogus ones like these bogus churches that are giving people grasses, petrol, and all sort of nonsense that is going on. So we need to apply discernment that as much as we say African spirituality, we Africans, we are righteous and holy people who must also know that there are charlatans among us. Raz Dauda, such a great pleasure. You've spoken truth. Thank you so very much for joining us. Have a great evening further. Thank you so much for having me and uh, have a great evening too and to the listeners of SAFM. Thank you so much. A-team, as it's 11 o'clock on the dot, let's go to the news with Greg Host. Good evening, Greg.